So the big question is this. How are entrepreneurs like us, who don't cheat and manipulate people, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we market in a way that lets us get our products and services and the things we believe in out to the world, and yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Michael Abdo, and welcome to Client Secrets. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Client Secrets. I am so glad that you are joining me today. I'm going to be honest with you. I was recording this episode for the past 15 minutes and I accidentally just deleted everything that I recorded. So, instead of skipping out on you guys and being like, well, I'll just give you half of the information I'm going to deliver the same value. I'm going to deliver what I promised to you guys, but I am going to keep it a little bit shorter. And what I, what I want to do is just, is just dive straight in and really get to the heart of why do people buy, right? There's an issue with today. And the issue is we're so distracted about what actually makes an impact on people's buying decisions, right? Like, let let me tell you a quick story. But before I jump into the story, let me tell you, let me like help set the scene. There's an issue, like there's a problem with sales today. And we're, we're so distracted by all these extraneous things. These things that, that don't really have an impact. And if you think about like your sales, could be so much higher than they are right now. You could be serving so many more people than you are right now. And the question is how? How do we serve more people? How do we create a bigger impact in the world? How do we convince people that what we have is what's best for them? Right? Like, we've been where they are. We've been through their pain. We've been through their hurt and we have a solution. How do we convince them of that solution? How do we get them to trust us so that we can change their lives? And the the answer to that really gets to the heart of why would someone trust you? Why would someone buy from you? And to, to... I remember when, when I first learned this, right? I was a, a freshman in college. I was taking 21 credits, 21 semester hours, and I was just bogged down by all of this work. And I remember, I was like, if I, in order to do all of this and to like be successful in all of these classes, I'm gonna have to boost up my productivity. I'm gonna have to like 10X my productivity my studying habits, my learning habits, like I cannot go into this the way that I have been. And so I dove into productivity. I dove in to like studying habits, to memorization techniques, to reading techniques, to all these things to be more efficient in my learning. And I remember I would, I would try, I remember one specific night, like 
I, I tried so many different techniques for, for memorization. I tried like the memory palace and I spent like two hours trying to learn that and implement that. And, like it increased my recall by like 2%. I was like, okay. And then I, I tried the, the peg memorization method and I did that and I, 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 it took me like another two hours to learn that. And it saved me like, a half hour. And I was like, ah. I remember telling my friend Josh about this. And Josh, I remember I was like, Josh, like, I'm trying to, to learn these techniques so I can be better at studying, but I spend more time learning them than I actually save from using them. And like, instead of actually spending time studying my, my classes, all my time is going into learning these and my grades are like, my grades are dropping like flies. Like what am I supposed to do, man? And I, I asked Josh because Josh was, he was taking, I think he was taking like 20 semester hours. He was in band. He was the, the top of his class in high school. And then here he was, he was like leading some student orgs and he was just, he was volunteering. Like he was, doing everything. I was like, how do you do this, man? I was like, I'm learning all these techniques and I'm, I'm trying to build my skill sets. Like I see, oh, you got to memorize history, then use the, the timeline memory method. And, I, and I'd plug that in. And then, oh, you got to learn numbers, use the peg method. Oh, you got to learn like large chunks of information, use the batching method. Right. And so I'd have all these tools for these different techniques. I was like, Josh, like, I, I don't get it. Like I have all these tools and yet I'm the very goal that I have to, to have great grades and to be efficient. Like that's the very thing that's lacking. I was like, what am I to do, man? He's like, let me help you see what you're doing. It's like you say you want to be efficient for whatever comes your way. Right? to whatever you, you come across. I said, yeah, that's right. He's like, so you're, you're piling in all these tools. You're adding all these tools all around your tool belt. You're, you're stuffing all the tools in, into your socks, into your pant pockets, into your backpack. Like you're trying to be prepared for whatever comes your way, right? It's like, yes, like that's how you be efficient. He's like, by putting all these tools by carrying all these tools with you, you're weighing yourself down and you're, be, you're becoming counterproductive. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, let me explain it this way. The best chefs in the world, they don't have 50 to 100 different knives. They don't have serrated knives and, and butcher knives and and carving knives and and like they don't have all these different types of knives for all these different cuts right he said they they only have like two or three knives because those two or three knives have the most impact and they all they they learn how to utilize those two to three knives to the t and they become masters at using those knives and because of that, whatever comes across their plate, they're able to cut efficiently and practically. 
and they don't have to go searching through their pile of a hundred different knives to find the perfect knife that will save them time to cut that. I was like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do then? How does that apply to me? He said, the point is, you have to focus on the principle of what works. You have to get to the heart of what works and then become an expert at that. Stop trying all these different techniques and these methods that new masters come up with. Get to the heart of what memory is and master that. He's like, memory, you remember things when they're unique, when they're colorful, when they're when they stick out in your mind, when they're emotional, when they're stories, like these are the things you remember. It's like that's why I, I threw out the tag method. I used to use it, I'm done with it. I threw out the the palace method, the mind palace. He's like, I'm done with that. He's like, whenever I want to memorize something, all I do is create a vivid, bright, unique emotional story and I embody that I'm instantly able to remember anything within a matter of seconds I was like are you serious like when he told me this like I got it It just everything just fell into place and it made sense I was like you got to get back to the the core to the principle and become a master at that and like, that's what we need to do with sales today. We have to get to the heart of why do people actually buy? Like, people don't buy the product. They don't buy because of what it is. They, they buy because of what the product does for them. The service that it does for them. Right? Like, People buy because of emotional, they, they buy on emotion, like we know this. They, they buy on emotion, and like, what are the three core emotions that people buy on? They buy on if it, if it gives them pleasure, right? Like ice cream, it tastes good, it's simple, it's easy, it gives me pleasure, it's mine. Like, give it to me, right? People buy things because it gives them pleasure. People also, that, that's the first emotion people buy on. People also buy because they escape pain. And if you're listening to this and you're like sitting down or you're anywhere but your car, you should be taking notes on this, right? This is like, this is the core of selling. None of this bull crap, like artificial, let's, let's see if this may or may not increase your sales by 2%. Like this is the core, the very heart of sales, of persuasion, of changing the world. Number two, people buy, so number one, people buy because it brings them pleasure. Two, people buy to escape pain, right? You're, you're, you're feeling an ache in your body, you're sore, because of the sickness that you have. So what do you do? You take a Tylenol. And it, it, it numbs the pain. It relieves the pain. People buy one to gain pleasure, ice cream. People two 
They buy to escape pain. They take Tylenol. And what is the third reason? The third emotion that people buy off of is because they have a future awareness of pain. Right? What is that called? That's called fear. People buy out of fear because they look into the future and they say, man, this is going to be really, really painful. I need to buy something. I need to avoid that pain. So I need to buy something that helps me to avoid that pain. People buy bikes because they think, they look forward to it and they say, I'm either going to have to walk or I'm going to have, like, I'm going to have to get there somehow. And right now I have to walk. I don't want to walk every day. That's going to waste my time walking every day. I would rather drop 200 to $300 on a nice bike that saves me time. I want to avoid that pain of wasting time. Right? That's why people buy. One, to gain pleasure. Ice cream. Two, to relieve pain. Just like Tylenol. Three, the third emotion that people buy on is to escape or avoid some future pain. Also known as fear. People buy for those three reasons. Pleasure, they buy to avoid pain, and they buy, they buy to relieve pain. And if you think about it, like that, there's nothing else to selling except those three things. If you know how to shake someone's hand perfectly, if you know the perfect body mirroring technique, if your eye contact is to the millisecond. And yet you don't have these three core principles, the emotions behind why people buy, then you will never change the world. You will never get your message out. You will never change people's lives until you realize this. And as soon as you realize these three emotions that people buy on and you start selling and you start persuading and you start helping people because of these three emotions like that that and that alone is when you change people's lives and so the question then becomes like like if people buy based off of what brings them pleasure based off of what what relieves their pain and based off of their fears, like how do we find out what those fears are? How do we find out what those pleasures are? How do we find out what those pains are? So that we can then say, your pain is soreness. Here, buy this Tylenol. It will relieve your soreness. Your pleasure is a biological chemical reaction in your mouth like here take this ice cream it will give you that reaction oh you're you're afraid of of wasting your time here let me give you a bike this will save you over the course of a month 
it'll save you hours of time, right? The question is, how do we find what those those are? And the thing is, pretty much every decision your customer makes is congruent with their values. Each of your customers are unique, but each of them has values, and every decision they make is influenced by their values. You see, when they disclose to you their differences, what in effect they're doing is telling you their values. Like, if you ask your client, your customer, like, what do you do when you're purchasing a new car? They can respond in three ways. If they respond, one, I look for a car with a high dependability rating. Like, this is a value that they have. This is what, this is what they value, high dependency. If they respond with, I don't want one that will break down on me on the way to work. Like they're communicating to you a fear, right? Or the third response, like it makes me angry when I have to pay additional money for repair in the first year. This is a pain that they want to relieve. This is something that angers them, right? And so you look at these and the three responses, they're all communicating that they want dependability from a vehicle and they just communicate that in a different way they communicate it through their fears through their anger or just they communicate straight up through their value and so (coughs) excuse me and so what they want to do what we want to do rather is we want to find out what's important to them We want to find out what they fear. And we want to find out what makes them happy. Right? And the reason that we want to find those out is because as soon as we find out what one of those are, if we find out their fear, then using that we can find out what makes them angry and we can find out what they value from there. If we find out what what makes them angry, then we can work out their fear and their value and if we find out their value we can use we can figure out their fear and their anger and from that point once we know one of those things we can figure out the other two and once we figure out the other two we can use those in conjunction so if someone says man i just get so ticked off when my car breaks down on the way to work then you can say, I agree, man. Like, it, I love it when cars are so dependable. Like, the first car that I ever bought, it was one of the most dependable cars. I never had to fix it even once. And that person, it's like, yes, that, like, what car was that? I want that car. Oh, that car? That was a 2008, like, Ford Focus. Here, we have one in the lot. You want to check it out? Right? Or if they say, Man, like, again, ah, I just get so ticked off with my car because it always breaks down and I'm on the way to work. And you say, man, I remember when I was first buying a car, I was so afraid of, like, it breaking down either on the way to work or, like, in the middle of the cold. Like, I was just, ah, I was so afraid of that. It's like, you kind of be like, yeah, so, so what would you do? Like, oh, well, I talked with 120 different people. 
and they all gave me their different advice. And after piloting car after car and testing it out and, and looking up its stats and, and getting research, I settled on the most dependable car. Like the most dependable car, everyone agrees on it. And that is the 2008 Ford Focus. We actually have one in the lot. You want to check it out? Are you like, are you getting this? This is how you persuade someone. This is how you build rapport with someone. This is how someone trusts you. This is how you can change someone's life. It's by connecting their fears and their anger and their values. And by communicating and hopping around between the three of those. That, like, that is the core of persuasion that is the core of why people buy that is the core of how you create lasting change in people's lives that is the end of today's episode thank you so much for joining me today on episode six of client secrets Next episode, we will be jumping in to specific values and how those values are formed, how we use those values to make decisions, how we can gain rapport instantly with people by skipping through the higher levels and jumping straight to heart value reports, jumping straight to beliefs and values that will be next episode. Thank you so much for joining. Until next time, take care. Want more marketing secrets? If so, then go get your copy of my newest book, Client Secrets. Inside this book, you'll find my top 15 secrets that companies all across the world use to systematically skyrocket their sales by 50% or more.